I was just burnt out of, of the, the travel industry, the, the history industry. And, and so I was looking for kind of a, you know, did I still want to run an agency um, or not? And this episode of The Matt Report is brought to you by Pagely. Pagely, where we help big brands scale WordPress, it's enterprise WordPress hosting in the Amazon cloud. If you're building big, powerful WordPress websites for your clients, you need big, powerful hosting, and Pagely delivers. I use Pagely for my websites and e-commerce shops, so I trust their service, and I have no issues recommending them to you. Look, I only bring on sponsors that I trust. And who else trusts Pagely? Verizon, eBay, Disney, Twitter, and more. You can see that right on the homepage of their website. Pagely is the OG of WordPress managed hosting, and they're innovating the market every single day. If your clients trust you to write scalable code, then trust Pagely to host it for you. Check out pagely.com. This is episode six, season four of The Matt Report with A.J. Morris. AJ Morris is a recovering agency owner <laughs> turned product manager over at Liquid Web. And that is the discussion today. We talk about how he ran a successful agency or practice, as I like to call it, and, you know, building a vertical, finding the customer that is, you know, you're hyper-focused on a particular customer. For him, it was the travel industry, or that was one of the major ones. And, you know, like every other agency owner, you're the jack of all the trades when it comes to running the business you're the accounting person you're the support person you're the you know the trash taker aware you're all of these hats it's not easy to run an agency especially when you're bringing in contractors or looking to hire people it becomes uh, quite an undertaking and uh, AJ just got a little burnt out from that started to look around at other opportunities just to do awesome things with awesome people and he found his home at Liquid Web, and that's the transition we'll talk about today, and what insights he's learned from both sides of the fence, what it was like to be a small business owner and operator, and now serving small businesses and owners, what he's learned from both and how he makes that work into uh, into developing product for Liquid Web. Definitely a great conversation. As always, mattreport.com slash subscribe to stay connected and thank our sponsors, Pagely and Valet for keeping the dreams alive at the Matt Report. Let's get into the show. Hey, AJ, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks, Matt, for having me. Uh, super excited to have this conversation uh, with you today. Not because, not just because uh, Liquid Web is an up-and-coming, uh, I shouldn't say up-and-coming, they've been there for a while, <laughs> but you're really making your presence <laughs> known uh, in the WordPress space. Uh, but in today's episode, I'm really interested to learn from you and, and for you to teach our audience a little bit about what it was like to be a practitioner in the WordPress space yourself before joining the Liquid Web team. Uh, but for folks who don't know who you are, give us that two-minute elevator pitch of who you are and what you do. Yeah, so um, I'm AJ Morris. I'm a product manager here at Liquid Web. I run the managed WordPress product line. So uh, it's actually a fun job. Uh, a lot of people in the WordPress space actually don't know what a product manager does. Um, but, but in essence, I work with a product development team to translate uh, customer pain points and problems uh, that we hear through WordCamps, uh, through marketing efforts, um, to just having a community of, of our users, um, and then turning those into solutions through uh, software and, and through hosting. Um, so in addition to just being a product manager, though, I also lead uh, our go-to-market efforts uh, as it relates to uh, WordPress. And so um, that's that's being out in the community, that's uh, evangelizing Liquid Web and, and our WordPress product offerings, um, uh, speaking, uh, joining podcasts, um, really kind of being a, a jack of all trades uh, in, in, in the WordPress community. Um, prior to that, uh, as, as you kind of mentioned, um, I was at SurfCubes, uh, an agency that I ran for a number of years um, that, was, that was very successful in uh, building uh, small to medium business uh, websites, and uh, it was it was a lot of fun, and, and I'm excited to talk about that as well. Awesome. Uh, that's really something I want to dive into in the first half of this conversation, and I'll throw a big, burly, on fire question at you <laughs> <laughs> right out of the gate. Um, 
my feelings are from what I see in the market and just talking to so many freelancers and boutique agency owners in this space as I do, um, I feel like the small, I'll just stay with the small, I'll say the small business builder is sort of under fire from, you know, the Squarespaces, the Wix, uh, WordPress.com, like these tools are getting easier. Plugins like Beaver Builder and Divi, they're getting really powerful. And and although there's a huge political storm about using a page builder, but the, these tools are getting easier. And not only does that mean that there's more competition from people coming in and doing sites even cheaper, um, but our customers are are switching to using these tools and just doing it themselves instead of seeking out professional help uh, mentally and for the website. Uh, and I and I feel like that bottom end is really starting to change. That bottom end of the market is really starting to change in terms of what we can get, you know, dollar for dollar with our services, what our clients expect and what our clients are actually producing. Um, there's a lot of threads in that question, but what are your what's your feeling on the bottom end of freelancers, boutique agencies? Maybe from what you saw at your company to what you see now with cu- customers that host with Liquid. Yeah, Liquid. yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so it's kind of funny that you mentioned that because I actually wrote a post back in uh, 2010, kind of during the height of uh, not really the height uh, as much as as the beginning of of page builders, and so I, I did some. Uh, work with with headway themes as part of my agency uh, working doing some of their support and and some of their product development and uh, one of the things that I kept seeing in that time um, and I think I think now it's just uh, exacerbated uh, just because of the number of page builders and and uh, squares you know squarespace and and other uh, types of, of of apps and services like that is is that you get uh, at the low end you get somebody that can, can monkey with a website and kind of quickly uh, come up with something. Um, but the problem is, is that a lot of times they don't have the, the design uh, the, the design chops, right, to, to really create a site that's going to provide value uh, to the end customer. And, and so you've, you've started to see things with uh, Beaver Builder. I, I've actually downloaded uh, and purchased some of their uh, add-ons uh, recently to try to, to play with it, and and you're right, things are getting easier. You don't need those design chops uh, that that you once had to have. However, um, I, I say that with a word of caution because as as the the small space starts to heat up, right, and we start to see um, you know more people say, hey, I want to get into this online marketing, uh, the digital marketing. I'm just going to build a website for somebody. Uh, space, you actually um, start to see a similar site, uh, and and so what what I've I've seen in in terms of of those small businesses that are are paying somebody to build a site is they still want something somewhat custom, right? And so it's not just about changing, uh, you know, some colors and, and and picking a theme and and making a color scheme change. It's it's also wanting to have a new logo designed. Um, or, or other functionality built into the site that's not so much design, that's, that's more developer-focused. And so now you have to start looking at, well, how do I, what plugins do I use? Do I use Gravity Forms? Do I use uh, Ninja Forms? And, and do I build some of that functionality in? Um, do they have the functionality that the client needs? And so um, I think that, there's, that, that while there's a lot of space um, there in that small segment, you still, you still have a lot of people that, um, can provide value there. And, and one of the things that I had started out doing, um, right, as, as we kind of all, all have started out in the, the agency world is really starting at, uh, square one. And, and so I was actually at a word camp the other day and somebody, somebody pitched the idea and, uh, I was like, you know, that, that I should have taken, uh, into consideration when I was starting that small, um, but they they actually start at a a uh, chamber of commerce, and so uh, this this guy would would go into a chamber of commerce. He'd he'd get the the list of all the local businesses, and he'd look them up. If they had a website, you know, he he would he would do something different with them. But if they didn't have a website, he would actually create using uh, Beaver Builder uh, a simple website, show them what what could be done, 
and then actually pitch them the idea of, hey, now this is what I did in a couple hours, uh, but but here's what we could do in a week's worth of work or two weeks worth of work. Um, you know, what what maybe are are some of the needs that you have in terms of getting up, uh, getting your your business up on and online. Um, and I think I think that when you have that skill set, you're able to provide the value that somebody that just goes and buys uh, a a builder theme um, doesn't have, right? You've you've got the the kind of know-how of, of design, you've got the know-how of development, and 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 that combination together is really what makes it successful. That's a, a great story of hustle. It's it's interesting that you that you share that story. One of the things, I mean. <laughs> You know, people say, don't focus on the small business and, and you know, I shouldn't say don't focus on the small business. Don't focus on the client that doesn't want to pay you, you know, uh, a good compensation for the time that you spent. Right. So that, you know, that's the typical person that comes to you and say, Hey, can you build me Amazon for $500? And it's like, right. you know, all of the advice that, that we share on this show and on, you know, countless other shows out there is people say, okay, don't even deal with those, those folks. So it gives this stigma of. Uh, and I'm guilty of it too, raising my hand in the air with my own local agency is it gives that stigma of like, I, you know, I can't make it in the local market. It's not going to work. Um, but there's like this passion, this burning thing inside me that every time I go to like a local networking event, I see people who are doing it wrong and just like not caring about what they're building for their customer. It's not the fact that they just bought a theme and slapped it together. It's like that. It's just that they bought a theme, slapped it together, charged them, let's say a thousand bucks, and they're and they're out, right? And there's no care to what happens to that site, what happens to that customer, and that's what really burns me um, in the local markets, from what I see, at least in the people in my area. And that really drives me to every day waking up thinking, what can I do for the for the people, for the businesses that I know in my community that can't afford our agency rates, but, you know, I could just teach them. And, I, and it's, I'm always, and this is not a question, this is just like a soapbox thing, but this is <laughs> like, what can I do to like just show people, here's how you can do it the right way. And now that these tools are a little bit better, you can even do it better, you can do it yourself, you know, if you have the time. And if you don't have the time, that's when you look at a professional and say, just do this for me. Right, just yeah. do this for me, and I understand I have the tools that are available to me, and I realize it's not going to be ultra custom, and it might not be pixel perfect because of the tools that we're using, but it's better than nothing, right? And it's better than putting all of my eggs into Facebook, right? Because let's face it, you know, people are looking at that as an alternative to even you know launching a site nowadays, which is yeah. quite quite scary. It's you know it's, it's funny you you mentioned that because uh, my dad is has been an entrepreneur you know all his life and and he uh, uh, started a, a bicycle business local local to my hometown and he's been there uh, for forty I think it's around forty five years um, give or take a, a few and uh, he's he's actually found better success in a Facebook site um, or or Facebook page rather. Um, and, and, and updating and interacting with the community there versus trying to have a website. We, you know, I built him a website uh, years ago. I uh, was up for a number of years, and and nothing nothing really came of it. When he would ask his customers, you know, hey, how did you hear about me? Um, why did you drive all the way over to this little small town in in Michigan uh, versus you know going to to one of the bigger competitors in in one of the larger cities? And he said. You know, the, the top answer was always, oh, well, you know, so-and-so on Facebook told me that, that if I needed a good price and I didn't want to ha- deal with haggling, um, you know, to, to, get, to get what I wanted, I needed to come and see you. And so, he's, you know, he's actually seen the opposite approach of Facebook has been, been wildly successful for him. That's interesting. Um, let's try to unpack that. Did you, I mean, we actually have one of our actually one of our better local clients is uh, a bicycle shop too. And he's, he's been in business for decades as well. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a, in terms of, you know, gross sales, he's in the seven figure range. Yeah. So good size shop. I I would imagine. I mean, we, I don't know much about the bicycle business uh, outside of him, but it seems like a good size business, been in business for decades. Um, and one of the things that he does with his site is he tries to drive people back and this is probably an obvious thing, but he tries to drive people back to that, uh, to the site to 
capture the the email and to actually create a transaction on the site. Do you think that your dad's business would benefit from that, or do you think that the Facebook that that the Facebook page that he has is, is sufficient enough for his business? This episode of the Matt Report is brought to you by the team at Valet. Valet helps brands unleash their potential with real-time metrics, intelligent recommendations, and that age-old method of having an awesome team to back it all up. See, my friends at Valet are up to something really, really cool. But first, let me ask you this question. Every time you build a website for a client, don't you feel like you're making the web a better place? Well, here's the thing. Valet's got something in the works that will let you back that claim up. It's called Valet Metrics, and you can get your free website snapshot over at valetmetrics.com. It's an amazing tool. You get in-depth analysis of a website covering security, speed, usability, traffic, conversions, all wrapped up in this beautiful reporting dashboard that provides action, not fluff. You and Valet, making WordPress and the web a better place. Get your snapshot at valetmetrics.com. Yeah, so we, you know, we actually tried some of that. Uh, when, we, when I first built the site, um, it, was, it was obviously during my, my good old days, as it, as it were, of, of running a, a successful freelance uh, business. And so, uh, you know, of course, hey, I'll do some pro bono work, get, get my portfolio up and, and all of that. And so one of, one of the things that we actually did was, was uh, before inbound marketing, uh, which, is, which is, seems to be a, a love or hate term, depending on who you talk to these days. Uh, but before that was popular, we had actually set up uh, a series of tutorials uh, for, for regular bike maintenance that anybody could do. And uh, so we, we used videos, right? We recorded uh, with, with an iPhone uh, down at the shop or, or along a trail. And, and we actually used those as, as part of a, an email nurturing campaign that when, when somebody would go to his site, they would uh, you know, learn about, um, I, think, I think it was like changing a flat tire, uh, right, while, while you're out on the trail. And uh, they would sign up for, for uh, this newsletter of, of his deals and, and, you know, what rides they had coming up during the, the next couple of months or, or quarter. Um, and, and they would also get these, these email nurture uh, track. And surprisingly, we had a lot of signups. You know, there was, there was a 30% conversion rate on that, um, you know, which was, which was high uh, back then. Uh, but... But what we we found is that the the videos would only get watched about twenty percent of the way through, and then they would stop. And so what what I had him start doing is actually when he had people come in for those basic maintenance things, I would ask him, you know, hey, what what are you, uh, you know, wh- why are, why do you want me to do this? Um, you know, changing a flat tire, for example. Uh, you know, you put it, you take the tire off, you put the tube. And you, you, you do a few things, right? Few, few minutes, five minutes worth of, of time. But he would charge, you know, by the time you pay for the tube and the labor, you're, pay, you're paying close to $15, $20. And uh, they said, you know, it's, it's that I get to come in to the store and I get to see all the other things that you have. And, and you're, you doing the preventative maintenance or, or even the, the minor maintenance uh, actually is is what gets me and leads me to an upsell because now all of a sudden I need, oh, I need new gloves or, oh, I need uh, a pair of shoes. Um, and so that's, that would actually help him uh, get, get, the, get the upsell. And, and so what we've actually started to do is, is now that his site is gone, um, just because he, hasn't, he, he, was, he was not seeing the value in it, um, we've started to experiment with um, is there is there a way that we can start to use Facebook Live to his, to to the advantage, right? And and look at saying, hey, let's let's have a, a Facebook Live uh, video, um, you know, once a week, and and we're doing that that preventative maintenance, or we're doing doing some sort of an offer. Um, you know, he does two or three rides a week uh, during during the summer, uh, uh, spring and fall. Uh, the winter is a little little harsh here in Michigan, and so he. Uh, he he does walking instead to try to, to try to keep everybody kind of up to uh, the exercise uh, level that you need to be at because they're doing 40 50 mile uh, rides uh, three four days a week um, and and he's he's just found really good success in that. 
Man, you just took the wind out of our sails. <laughs> uh, no, it's it's just interesting to see the the differences. Um, and you know, my my only as you were saying all that stuff, I'm sort of thinking back to when I uh, recently created a, a Facebook page for you know one of our clients, just you know the, the typical setup or whatever, yeah. just helping them out. And man, every turn, every click when you set up a Facebook page is. Uh, you know, get your get your page found for five bucks. Promote that last post for te- for ten dollars. Did you know you could increase your brand for twenty dollars? And they yeah. just hit you at every single yeah. corner for money. And I'm just wondering, like, what is the true cost of owning a Facebook page solely? Owning a Facebook page, what's the true dollar cost for advertisement that they get? Try to get the the small business at every at every angle. And by not owning your own website, uh and being able to really secure email addresses or transactions on the site. I'm wondering what that cost is. I mean, just throwing that, just randomly throwing that out there, but I'd love to be able to do a sort of breakdown one day of what the, how many times they hit you for money <laughs> versus, exactly. versus if you had a, a landing page to capture email and took transactions on the site, you know, yeah. could that pay it off? I know, this is all theoretical stuff. No. But it's just well, interesting to, to, to look at it that way. Yeah, and it's it's actually good because, you know, Facebook's also on the opposite side of that. They've, they've allowed uh, websites to be able to embed uh, comments, right? And so you can still, you know, in, in, in my dad's case, right, he's, he's got that successful Facebook page, but going back and creating a website that can uh, – bring bring the Facebook community kind of outside of of just Facebook and back to his site right to offer other things whether it's it's a, a sale or um, selling something online I mean I mean some brick and mortar stores still have to be careful with what they sell you know what they can sell online because of the the relationship that they have with with their de- um, their dealers you know sure. the, the bike distributors and stuff and so um, but but looking at ways to bridge the gap a little bit and say, hey, you know what? Here's why your site is important, and that and that might might even be a, a way to say, um, you know, when when you run into a situation where somebody's like, hey, I'm having great success on Facebook, we we can start start to to swap the conversation and bring it back to why having a website is important, right? Um, I was I was actually in in town the other day at. A, uh, going to see my chiropractor and I stopped into the local coffee shop and and one of my dad's uh, good good bike friends uh, was was in there and he said hey you know we got to get your dad a website again he you know he is missing out on so much and we you know we started having the conversation and, and you know I've been out of, of building websites here for a couple of years um, you know and I still understand the value of them but I was I was I was talking to him and he he's like you know look like like SEO has changed so drastically since he had the last website um, you know people people are still googling uh, and 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 using search engines to find local businesses and and if you have something that way and if you take all of his posts because he you know my my dad has, has gotten pretty pretty handy you know we got him an iPhone a couple of years and so he uses that as his primary content machine. You know, he'll take a picture of something, he'll take a video of something, he'll write something out uh, and, and stick it all on Facebook. But if we can if we can move that a little over to his site, right now he's got he's got all the content that he needs for a blog that can be become that catalyst and that driver to uh, getting getting in more engagement, right? And he can bring that back through Facebook, through Facebook with Facebook comments. Um, he can post them to Facebook so that people that are still you know, on his Facebook page day in and day out can see the content, but that dri- starts to drive that, that conversation and, and back, you know, drives everything back to, back to his website so that they can learn more about the business, the history of the business, the museum he has sitting in the back, uh, near his, his office area of, of bicycles from, you know, all the way back to the 1800s. Wow. I mean, so, so pretty cool way that he can, he can start to bring that back. And, and, you know, and after having that conversation, it's definitely, definitely sparked the, the gears in my mind to start thinking about how do we, you know, how do you, uh, take somebody that's so focused on Facebook and, and, and really pitch and show them the true value of having a website that's, that's more than just a Facebook page. Let's, uh, shift gears slightly think going back to the good old days as you put them in the agency life what what, what do you think uh, or can you highlight some of the uh, the struggles that you found 
in maybe some sales. I, I think a lot of us sh sort of share the the wins and and the profitability and all these great projects. But is there one thing thinking back that was really difficult to running the agency that somebody could learn from? Yeah, you know when you when you get started, the biggest piece is all of a sudden you are. Uh, responsible for everything, right? Uh, especially as a freelancer, um, you know how how are you going to make ends meet? Uh, what happens when you miss a deadline? Um, what happens if you're on vacation? How do you know to send an invoice to a customer? Um, you know, those those are all things that start to to go through your mind, and and you really have to 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 plan, right? You, it's it's not. It's not about allowing, you know. It's 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 funny when you're when you're at a, a company, um, and, and your your day job is you know multiple people, right? There's there's multiple employees. You each kind of have a purpose, um, but but when you start your own agency, and especially if you start it as a, as a freelancer like I did, um, that, that everything's on you. You know, the the, mm -hmm. the buck stops at you really. And so, um, you know, my biggest struggle was was just getting enough time. Um, in, in the week to be able to do marketing to, uh, you know, how am I going to find new clients? Where am I going to find them? Am I finding them through, uh, you know, some forum because I, I picked a, a specific theme, right? When I started my business, um, I, I started it with, with enough, uh, customers coming in from, from freelance, uh, or not freelance, excuse me, uh, headway. And so, as I started that freelance business, I was getting, you know, 80% of my clients from forums in, uh, you know, Headways forums because they, they saw that I was contributing back and that I was knowledgeable in the area. Um, and, and they were like, Hey, you know what? I'm really struggling with this. Can you, you build, you know, X, Y, or Z for me. And so it turned, what turned into, uh, or started as a small project turned into a larger project, right? It might've been, Hey, I'm struggling with how do I build this, this, template to, oh, you know what, you're, you're way better at this than, than me. How much is it going to cost to just create the whole site? Sure. And, and that's really what started it for me. Um, but, but then, you know, as I'm doing that, how do I, how do I also make sure that I'm billing them, that I'm sending out their, the invoices on the right date? How do I make sure that I'm collecting the payments? Sure. Um, you know, all of those things you have to start thinking about. And it's like, no, I just want to build the website. But I'm the only person in the in the company right now able to do that, and so um, you have to start looking at at you know ways that you can get tools and and try to automate that, um, and that's you know that's that's a struggle for some people because they don't they don't take the when they take that leap of hey I'm going to go into business for myself, especially if you were doing it kind of on the side, you don't take into account um, and and that, this isn't to say that all people do that, but if you don't take into account the services that you need, right? Getting a lawyer, uh, getting a good accountant. You know, those are those are two things that if, if you're going to go start a freelance uh, business today, you you better make sure that you you've got those things locked uh, in, and and th they're they're not cheap, right? Um, you want to make sure that you have a good contract. You want to make sure that you have a good accountant that's going to make sure that hey, your finances are in order. Right. Yeah. I mean, so much of this. So for folks who are listening, and it. You could probably, this might be your, your first time, you know, you, you might be a freelancer out there who's, who's just about to sign your first customer, right? You might be listening to this going, oh my God, that's overwhelming, right? <laughs> like, I have to get all this stuff. Uh, how am I going to do that? How am I going to afford that? It is a bit of, you know, chicken or the egg, right? What came first? And I think like, just like you scale up your business, uh, you go from one, you know, you, like you said, you want to build your portfolio. So you do some pro bono work and maybe you get a couple under your belt and you know, everything's good. You've, you've got a little portfolio. Now you move on to the next one. Then now you go out and you say, I'm going to charge a thousand bucks for this site. You go out and you charge a thousand bucks. And then you start to learn these lessons along the way. Like, Oh God, I should have charged 3000 bucks right for this. Yeah, that was yeah, a lot harder. Exactly. And then you go out to the next customer <laughs> and then you say, guess what? This next customer is going to pay 3000. So I think that uh, in the beginning, there's a there's this sort of overwhelming feeling, but I think that all of these lessons are learned along the way. So you might not be able to 
afford the best lawyer. And again, listen, this is not legal advice, but yeah. you know, yeah, by any means. go go to you know uh, you know legal zoom, try to find a contract. Uh, couple hundred bucks and, and then maybe use that for your first dozen or so clients. And then once you get some money in the bank, find a local lawyer, consult with them, get a better contract. Same thing with your accounting. Try to use the software that's available. That's easy. Like uh, maybe like a FreshBooks or QuickBooks. Uh, and then, you know, find a local accountant to kind of manage this stuff for you. It's going to come in baby steps. So don't mm -hmm. feel so overwhelmed. And I know it's overwhelming for some because you know, they've told me before that, man, this is, there's a lot of stuff to think of. And yeah, yeah, there is. <laughs> right. Yeah. That, that's why you start to, you know, that's when you really start to see the difference between like uh, a freelancer to a boutique agency in most cases, not all, but they're the, ex they're more expensive because they're really accounting for all the overhead that they're, that they're paying for. So if you're a freelancer living in the basement, you know, you're charging 50 bucks an hour, no problem, right? But then when you say like, boy, this other guy charges 150, well, that's because this other guy or gal has a team of people, they have an office, they have an accountant, they have a lawyer, they're paying for things. There's real cost here, but they're, you know, a business that's going to be in business for a while, right? And they've been doing it for a while, so they have experience and they know how to help people, that kind of thing. Exactly. Um, you mentioned you mentioned the uh, the need to sort of, uh, you know, find the areas or the pain points of your customer so that they can, that they can, uh, so that you can relate to them, right? So you can make, so you can make a value proposition that says, I know how to serve this vertical. Did you focus on verticals in your agency? Like, did you say like, we're only going to work with, I don't know, uh, bike shops. We're only going to work with accountants. Like, did you find verticals or were you like, maybe like the rest of us, an agency for hire. So if you came to mm -hmm. us, we were just going to help you no matter what business you're in. Yeah. So, so I had two, I had two verticals. Uh, the first one was, was travel sites, right? So I, I did a lot of travel sites that, uh, were actually over in Europe. Um, surprisingly, I found a lot of, of customers over in Europe and it was, it was all word of mouth because that, that vertical, um, they're, they're all competing for, uh, um, th they're all com competing in a space that that is was was at least at the time was up and uh, up and coming right and sure. and uh, you know they they could be you know I, I remember I had a client in uh, Venice Italy that that wanted to talk her her travel site was all about Venice Italy I learned you know I learned a lot of history of it but I I didn't know um, just through reading her content but it was it was her that was, became my catalyst to that vertical. She knew so many people because she owned timeshares all over Europe that as she was out talking to people, telling people about, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm building this site about Venice. Um, you know, I've, I've got, I'm, she was booking in, um, you know, B and B's and different hotels to, to become kind of part of her network, uh, for the, for her travel site so that, that somebody that wanted to go to Venice could, could do that. Right. And, and they could, they could book all their, their trip through her. Um, and, and so that, that led me out into, uh, a, a second vertical, um, from, from hers, which was more of a history. Uh, and, and so I actually was, was getting a lot of clients in the same area, uh, that was doing that they wanted to, to just build a website that talked about the local history of whatever city, town, province, country, state that they were in. Um, and, and so I focused on those two verticals. I, I, I never needed to sway and, and find a third, um, or fourth vertical. Um, but you know, that, that's the, that's the, the kind of advantage that you get, um, is that when you focus on those verticals and you, and you do really well, um, you know, sometimes you hit the jackpot and sometimes you don't, you know, and, and, and being able to, to have two verticals, I was, you know, I was always, uh, having, uh, a, a good flow of, of new, uh, clients come in. Mm, yeah, no, I mean, I think again, that's one of the other mistakes that sort of happen along the way is you, you kind of just take anyone, right? And it's just like, oh, you're a pizza shop? No problem. You're a lawyer? No problem. <laughs> you know, you're, yeah. uh, you know, you're a shoe salesman? Yeah. Okay. Um, and that really becomes sort of split, splitting the, uh, 
the the mental focus, the mental capacity, and your expertise gets diluted. So you can't really serve everybody at the same way. They all have different needs. They all have different customer sets. Uh, you know, and actually an episode that went out today at the time of this recording, or actually went out last night, was with uh, Morton Ren Hendrickson uh, of Linda and LinkedIn Learning. And it was an amazing episode here uh, in the gap season that I recorded before this season and truly understanding your customer uh, and understanding your customer's customer is really going to set the success for for any project that goes out, right? So if you can really understand your customer's customer, well, now you're building a solution for them and your writing uh, or the copywriting is, you know, aimed to really speak to their market, which will help you not only differentiate, differentiate yourself from other um, agencies or freelancers, but also really be, make you become an expert um, thought leader, even though I hate that word. <laughs> Freeze. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, and that stuff. So let's transition. You, yeah. uh, you now uh, just up and appear as a product manager at Liquid Web. <laughs> how, how, yeah. did, how did that happen and, and, and sort of take us down that path? Yeah, so I actually, uh, you know, I had I had left my my agency. I was kind of just burnt out from from running an agency. You know, having having verticals and and really creating that, you know, gave me a sense of I, I didn't have to be the jack of all trades, right? I didn't have to do everything, right? As you said, I didn't have to do a pizza shop or a lawyer um, or a doctor or so forth. And and I was just burnt out of of the the travel industry, the the history industry, and, and so I was looking for kind of a you know did I still want to run an agency um, or not? And so I'd actually had applied to um, a couple of different companies and, and moved into um, actually running and, and and managing a web development team uh, for for a software company um, that that was using WordPress in in some different ways. And I, I worked there for for three years. And uh, you know, Liquid Web last June uh, was was purchased by a, a private equity firm, Madison Dearborn Partners, and that uh, really they started looking in their back door um, to to start to find some 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 new talent, some fresh talent that that was able to uh, make make a. Uh, uh, a, a, a ground-breaking uh, kind of entrance into the WordPress community. Um, as, as I'm sure not not everybody's familiar with uh, some of the the way uh, things work in in um, kind of a merger and acquisition front. But but when a company comes in to to buy um, another company, they they do a lot of uh, research and understanding how the company works. And so one of the things uh, that was happening during this transition period with Liquid Web is, is um, they were they were doing some analysis work on uh, the servers and um, you know what what's really being hosted uh, in in Liquid Web's infrastructure and and surprisingly um, not surprisingly to us in the WordPress space but I think surprisingly to to a number of folks was that um, over 50% of of Liquid Web servers are running WordPress and so um, when we when they started to look at well, how are people installing WordPress? How are people getting support with WordPress? How how, how does that all look? Um, you know, with Liquid Web and WordPress together, um, it it was very disconjointed, and so uh, that that led them to start looking down a hey, we need to make WordPress easier to to install and, and easier to be ran um, on on our infrastructure. And so um, it was it was actually through a friend uh, at a previous employer employer. Uh, that, that I I was put in contact and and uh, here I am today. So um, it was it was actually an interesting kind of transition, not one that I had really expected uh, to find um, at at the at the time. It, it kind of found me. And I should have asked this at the top of the show, but your what is your um, what's your specialty? What's your specialty of focus in the background of what you specialize in? Is it design and development? Is it or is it just design or development? Is it more marketing? What is the the, the true background? So, yeah. So my my background um, primarily was development, and and within the last, you know, obviously owning an agency and, and having to take a lot of that business and marketing and sales um, pieces on, I've I've picked up on that, um, and so I've I've always think that I've self taught that. I was I was um, 
you know, kind of, of educated in the, the computer science world and, and have moved into the business world just through, um, you know, the, the, the various opportunities I was given uh, over the last several years. Oh, okay, very nice. And now doing the product management stuff, um, what types of influence do you have on Liquid Web's products uh for word for wordpress specifically you mentioned that you you know obviously do a lot of word camps you get the customer feedback but sort of how do you take that and apply it to liquid webs products because i i feel like there's a lot of people listening to this that have plugins and themes and their own even service services yeah like taking the feedback from somebody or from hundreds of people thousands of people and sort of you know distilling that into let's add this feature, <laughs> you know, you get, you know, you get all this feedback and then how do you take yeah. all that feedback and, you know, really make it into something that improves the product? Yeah. So, so I, uh, so it's kind of a funny story is, is I, I've actually created a, uh, kind of a survey of a list of about 10 questions, uh, that I typically ask, um, anybody I'm talking to and it, and it could be in a casual conversation, um, at a WordCamp, it could be something more formal where, where I've actually picked up the phone and, and called somebody or, or somebody has contacted me about, um, you know, looking, looking for hosting. And so um, I go through those, those steps of questions first. And uh, I, I, I take uh, very, very uh, detailed notes uh, out of those. And, and then I, after that interview or, or that those questions have, have been completed, um, I, I make kind of mental notes. Okay, here was a pain point. Here was a pain point. Um, here, here's something that, that was an irritant. Uh, maybe it wasn't a pain point yet. And, and I actually throw those all into a, a database that I, I use. Um, so right now it, it happens to be a, a Google form uh, attached to a Google sheet. So, um, not, not, uh, not by any means um, very complicated, right? I try to keep yeah. things simple there. Um, and, and so as I go through that, I, I, st I start to, at least every month, I'll go back through uh, that database and start to look for um, key kind of topic areas. Um, if, it's, if it's plug-in usage, for example, um, I'll start to, to look and try to understand uh, what those, those, those issues are, what those pain points are, and is it something that we can solve? Um, or not. So, so most recently, we've we've been looking at, um, you know, as as an agency uh, or 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 a um, entity that that manages multiple sites, right? Could be could be five, could be hundreds. Um, what what are the things that you have to do as it relates to plugins and themes? Well, if you manage them on a monthly basis, you're having to do um, what I've what I've kind of coined as as upgrade Monday, right? And 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 upgrade Monday looks like I'm I'm logging into a site. I'm updating all their any updates that they have. So themes, plugins. I'm I'm doing that in a staging environment um, to make sure that I don't break their live site. But these these are all unbillable hours um, from from an agency perspective, right? Because you've created a maintenance plan um, that that you're getting paid something, but you're not getting paid uh, typically what your hourly rate is. Hmm. And so uh, we've started to to really look at at what that looks like and how do we how can we as a a hosting company start to help you with that is there things that we can do um, from a software side that actually um, you know maybe it creates a uh, a testing environment of your site somewhere and we do all the updates for you automatically right we, through through programming um, the, the, doing the actual updates and then we we go through a five or ten point checklist of okay are these things still re appearing on the site um does does things look out of place um, right you can start to use machine learning uh to to do some of that stuff as well and so you know that's that's kind of the thing that we're we're looking at is how do we you know how do we give you back the time in your agency to do what you need to do right and in most cases that's i need to be accounting for billable hours Right. The so I'm interested. There's a lot of good stuff there. Uh, I'm interested to learn like what. Where do you think your key? What's your key customer avatar? Or customer profile? Is it the the agency, the WordPress freelancer, or is it the end user, small mom and pop shop, just wants to use WordPress kind of thing, or is it something else? 
It's, it's, it's definitely somebody that wants to, I, I keep it kind of general, right? And it's, it's somebody that wants to manage or that does manage multiple uh, sites, right? And they could, they, they typically own the billing relationship with their clients. So, so there's somebody that is creating a maintenance plan. Um, they're saying, Hey, I, I've got a host for you. We're going to host it for you. We're going to charge you, you know, X dollars a month um, for, for hosting and this maintenance. And here's what we're going to do. And every month we're going to give you this report of, of all the things that we did along with your invoice. Um, that's, that's our kind of our customer uh, focus right now. Um, at least in the managed WordPress front. Now, now that's not to say that that we don't also work with uh, clients or, or customers that are, you know, I just want to have a, a good host that I can rely on uh, to be able to recommend to my clients, hey, you need to go with Liquid Web. Um, and, and we're going to work together with that agency to help um, make our mutual client uh, successful. Sure, sure. Uh, no, that's, that's, that's pretty amazing stuff. Um, how does one compete to get your voice out, right? <laughs> in such a competitive market, um, no different than the, uh, aspiring plugin developer or theme author to get their product out. I mean, what are the key things that, that you do at Liquid Web to try to get, you know, get the brand out there, get the messaging out there and ultimately get the product in people's hands? Yeah, so I um, I actually started uh, reading this book. It's called Traction: uh, How Any Startup Can Achieve Explosive Customer Growth. Um, it's it's by uh, uh, Gabriel. It's in my it's, it's it's in my Kindle. I haven't finished it, so I can't I have remember to... his name. Yeah. Uh, Gabriel something and Justin, uh, but but one of one of the guys is the founder of uh, DuckDuckGo, the the, yep. the kind of private search engine. Um, and, and, and one of the things that I did when, when reading that is it's, it's a great book. I think everybody should, should at least read it, especially if you're trying to build products um, and, and see that growth. But, but the book is, is broken down into uh, chapters, and each chapter is a uh, kind of marketing tactic or, or marketing channel. Hmm. Um, and, and, and it talks about how to, to try a few of those. And so what, what we've found success in um, is, is through uh, speaking uh, which is which is a a channel um, in in this book, and 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 through content. Um, uh, those are those are kind of our two main channels. Our third one um, is social. Uh, we we see a lot of, of of traffic coming through social, and I think that that's that's on uh, on par to actually become our second um, and if if not our top one. Um, in in the last couple of months, we've we've really been investing investing, uh, into how do we use social media as a, a marketing, uh, channel, um, you know, being able to, to provide content, right. So, so the, 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 the two channels kind of go hand in hand in terms of content and, and social media, um, being able to offer the value though is, is really what, what's out there. Um, you know, I, I'm speaking tomorrow, um, at, at WordCamp Ann Arbor, um, about how to really increase your your email list subscribers, um, right? Everybody, every product, every service um, type industry should have a blog these days, and you should be providing value uh, to your prospects, right? Help them help them understand why uh, coming to you is going to, to help them in whatever situation they're in, um, and that's and that's the way I look at it. Yeah, uh, I'm interested to unpack some of this content marketing. I, I did a great, uh, interview with, uh, uh, Nathan B. Weller of elegant themes and, okay. and yeah. most famously the Divi theme, uh, because yeah. he's, he's spearheading all of their content marketing efforts. And he has really become a, uh, you know, a content marketing manager in the sense, right. Or, and not just for the content, but managing the people, uh, the, the people writing and the authors, the editors, the publishing calendar. Um, also in this season, of Matt Report season four, I just recently uh, interviewed Becca uh, Becca from Sell with WP and the Skyverge team, and they have obviously the Sell with WP website. Uh, WP Engine has Torque. You have uh, what's called Anchor, a Liquid Web publication. How like have you found yourself sort of? now thinking like a, a publication, a, a sort of media company now? And, and what is that like to, you know, well, I also have to think about the product, right? The hosting product, but now I have to sort of think about this 
content marketing channel and almost make myself, you know, almost make ourselves feel like a publishing team. Like, what does yeah. that split look like? And, and has there been any challenges within that, uh, in that spectrum? Yeah, I think, you know, from, from our perspective, you know, we're, we're a large company, so we're able to, to split pretty, pretty easily, right? We're, we're able to, to kind of bring up a new, a new group. And so, so we're not having to think kind of in startup mode where you become a jack of all trades type person, right? You're, you're doing product development. You're also doing some marketing. You might also be doing some sales, right? We've, we've kind of got that distinction in our team. Um, but what a lot of, a lot of that comes up with is, uh, from a, a content and kind of a publication perspective, a lot of, a lot of our content ideas actually come up from our customer interviews. And so as we're interviewing customers for, you know, what, trying to understand what their pain points are, that, that quickly leads us over to, oh, we could create a blog post about it. And then eventually that blog post can, can link to a feature page that talks about the feature that we just implemented in our product. And so we, we've, we've kind of started a, a pyramid almost where the top is, is really understanding our customers and the, and the, the quicker and more detailed that we can understand our customers, the better. Um, and that funnels all the way down to both sides of, of kind of the product development world and our content marketing world. Mm. Yeah. I think, it's, you know, it's smart. You know, it's very smart. Uh, again, fresh off that interview with Becca, it's the, it's the mentality that a lot of businesses take. Um, and, uh, it, but it's, it definitely adds some stress and some management if you're a small company, right? If you're a small company, like, God, I got to do all this content marketing and I have to brand that and have interactions and do podcasts and videos and, and content. I don't have time for this stuff. Um, you know, how do people do it? And, and they really have to plot out some kind of baby step first phase uh, operation to at least, like you said, just start blogging, right? Uh, mm -hmm. But set a plan for that. It might be every every, every other week, uh, every month, um, and maybe it's just once a month for you know six months. But these are real deep dive, in depth pieces of content, um, and even forget maybe forget the blog, right? And maybe just do do a podcast or do a video uh, on on YouTube and just make sure that you're consistent with it, right? Uh, that's some some bits of advice for the folks that are that are out there. I also noticed that uh, that you do. Uh, guest, or actually, you know what? Scratch that question. I want to go to the question that we talked about since we're running out of time that we talked yeah. about uh, a few weeks ago is you mentioned that at liquid web, they sort of treat your team as, um, as like your own, maybe internal startup, right? Like you have your own sort of mission statement, I guess, if you will. Can, yeah. can you expand on that sort of culture and, and that experience? Yeah. So we've, we've actually kind of, um, you know, we're we're in hyper development mode, right? Where where we're constantly developing new features. Uh, we're we're on on par to essentially make a big release once a month that that typically includes many many small features, refinements, improvements, bug fixes, and and so with that, when when you're such a large company, you know, Liquid Web's um, I think just I think somewhere over 500 now wow. uh, with 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 all the offices that we've we've got open now. Um, and so disseminating that information and getting everybody all up to speed and informed in a, in a um, constant state of release um, is really hard. And so what we've, what we've done is we've, we've said, okay, what are, what are kind of our bare bones uh, teams that we need to, to keep informed, right? We have, we have a sales team, we have a marketing team, we have a support team, uh, we have an operations team. And, and how does that you know, how do, how do those people need to be informed so mm -hmm. that, that they can do their job and really still provide the same uh, customer experience uh, that you have as, as part of the overall Liquid Web mm -hmm. um, brand? And so it's, it's, it's been challenging, uh, but it's, it's been fun because we've actually been able to, um, you know, get together and, um, you know, I don't know if, if, if you've worked in, in a company as, as large as 500 or, or even, even a little smaller, um, but, but, I've been here a year and I at least know everybody on a individual basis, um, in, in kind of our, our startup area. Um, but I'm, I'm still meeting new people, um, you know, in the much larger, uh, company. 
and and so that's that's fun. And do they look at your team as like the lucky people? <laughs> like, because <laughs> and I say that because you know there's a ton of I mean there's just a ton of products, right? I mean, uh, sure. uh, gaming servers, Windows servers, uh, networking products, uh, data center products, but then like those darn WordPress guys, they get their own publication. Like, <laughs> why isn't there a gaming publication, right? You get a little call out at the bottom. It says a liquid web publication. Yeah. Uh, are you like the lucky ones in the company? Are you, are you the only ones sort of being um, led this way uh, in in liquid web? Or, or do all divisions sort of have this approach? Um, I, you know, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've, I've not really asked that question. I, I think... Um, the perception is that we are this uh, hodgepodge group of people that um, are quick to iterate on things, and 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 sometimes that um, becomes a challenge in the bigger cog of a company. Right, we're we're able to quickly get something out to fix a customer issue, um, where where. You know the larger organization. You know they have to plan a little bit further in advance. Right. Uh, sometimes their their teams are off working on other projects, and so you have to find a lull in their project timeline to actually get something else out and fixed. And so, um, I think people look at it look at us and say, "Man, you guys are you guys are able to iterate quickly and able to to get something out." Um, but I think that that as we've we've grown um, through through our recent acquisition of of cloud sites, um, I think that 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 uh, mentality and that idea of, of having to iterate quickly and and often um, and really kind of taking the the agile uh, principles uh, to heart has has grown outside of just kind of the the development teams um, and really has has looked at that from a support and operations standpoint as well. Yeah, it's also a I'd say a testament to uh, Liquid Web understanding the the explosion of WordPress, right? <laughs> just the yeah. and the adoption yeah. of of that, and and just the the opportunity in the WordPress space. Um, and you know, to me, and obviously having this discussion today, we wouldn't be having this discussion if I didn't think that Liquid Web is doing a good job at it. <laughs> um, you know, you guys are really doing it, uh, doing it the right way, and really doing it the way that the WordPress community expects, right? So regardless of having the, you know, the, the political talk of what's the best web host, um, you know, I think that if people are at least, if web hosts are at least doing it right and reinvesting in the community, that's, uh, that's sort of step one and cornerstone one. And, you know, that's, you know, the right way of doing things. So cheers for, for your team for doing yeah. that. Yeah, thanks. Uh, AJ, this has been a great episode. Where can folks find you on the web to say thanks? Uh, so I am mainly AJ Morris, right? So ajmorris.me is where I, I blog. I haven't blogged in a couple of years, but I've recently uh, started to, to redesign that uh, site and, and really try to make it something. Twitter, AJ Morris, um, and Facebook, I think, is Mr. AJ Morris. So uh, that, that those are my, my main places. Awesome stuff. Everybody else, mattreport.com slash subscribe. Join the mailing list. It's the number one way to stay connected when I email you, (laughs) Uh, which I do uh, certainly lack on, but I plan on it. I always say that. I plan on getting my mailing list going again uh, and delivering you the behind the scenes stuff that you all enjoy. If you did enjoy this episode, five-star review on iTunes would be superb. really helps us get found. I know every podcaster says that, but guess what? It really helps. (laughs) It really helps us get some exposure and move up the ranks a little bit. Thanks, everybody. Hey, everyone. Did you enjoy this episode? Head on over to iTunes. Leave us a five-star review. It really helps. I say it all the time, but it definitely, definitely does. Always reach out to our guests and say thanks. We always link them up at the end of the show to share their Twitter account or wherever they can be found online. So make sure you go ahead and do that. They spend a lot of time with us. We thank our sponsors, Pageley and Ballet for keeping the Matt Report going until the end of the year. If you're interested in sponsoring the Matt Report, you can get a hold of me. It's mattreportblog at gmail.com or just mattreport.com slash contact. Reach out. Uh, We are looking for sponsorships going into 2017. Again, if you want to sponsor one of the premier WordPress podcasts out there, go ahead and reach out mattreport.com slash contact. 